Welcome to the Crescent Podcast. I'm Leanne. This podcast is an extension of my personal philosophy and commitment to continual growth in all areas of life. I firmly believe that optimal health comes from addressing all areas of us as human beings, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Through expert interviews, I hope to both inspire and enable you to create sustained change in your own life. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of the Crescent Podcast. And today's interview is with a company called Risewell with the two founders, John and Corey. And they make a variety of oral healthcare products. And I'm so excited to be able to share this interview with you all because they reached out to me several weeks ago with their products and I've been using them now for over a month and absolutely loving them. And I don't, I haven't had many brands or companies on the podcast I'm very, very particular about the brands and products that I share with you all and only want to have on the most effective science-based but also genuine companies that I possibly can. And Risewell absolutely fits that description. Like so many private founders, they had some health issues of their own that they were really seeking to heal. And as part of that, they were trying to clean up the toxic products in their home, but they were having a very difficult time finding oral care products that were non-toxic, but still as effective as their toxic counterparts. So you will get a little bit of their own personal history, what brought them to the place of wanting to develop their own non-toxic oral care products, as well as some of the key factors that distinguish them from other brands on the market and their key ingredient that you will need to listen to the entire episode to really learn a lot more about this one very particular ingredient that really distinguishes their products, as well as some of the common toxic products in most conventional oral care brands. Lastly, check the show notes because they did provide a special discount code just for my audience. If you are interested in trying their products, you can get a little discount on that. And with that, please enjoy this interview with John and Corey, the founders of Risewell. Well, John and Corey, thank you so much for coming on the Crescent podcast today. Thank you so much for Absolutely. having me. I'm really excited to chat with you today. Yes, and we are going to dive into natural oral care. We're going to look at some of the toxic ingredients that are in many conventional products and then of course really dive into Rise Well and where Rise Well came from and just how it's so much different from other products. But if you want to just start, give us a little background on yourselves and what led to the creation of Rise Well. Yes. So my name is Corey Estrada and my husband, John, is here as well. We started the company a few years ago at this point, I guess it's probably three or four years uh, with also my brother who happens to be a prosthodontist down in Delray Beach, Florida. And he um, is a big part of the story as well. We um, actually, by background, um, both John and I have been in finance for most of our life. 
we were starting to think about having kids um, about four years ago. I have something called polycystic ovarian mm -hmm. syndrome, which is actually very common. I think about 10 or 15% of women in the U.S. actually have it. Um, the unfortunate thing about it is that it can make having children a little bit complicated, um, which it did in my case and not always, um, but it certainly did for me. And I found out fairly early on that I would have to go through the IVF process and before um, getting started down that path, which is not only um, not the most fun thing to go through, but also um, can be very expensive as well, uh, both of us really wanted to make sure we made it a success. Um, and so we sat down with our doctor and asked him, what can we do um, to make this work the first time? And he gave us sort of the laundry list of things to do, um, you know, all the healthy eating and taking your medications. And, and one of the other things he pointed out was actually to be careful about the everyday products that we were using, um, which was sort of, you know, I thought that all the, all the products we had at home were really good and, and the best of the best. And uh, my husband said, no, let's turn the apartment upside down and look at the back of every single product. And we researched all the ingredients. And the one thing we really struggled to replace was our oral care products. And a lot of people um, always would say to us, well, you know, there's so many natural brands out there. Why is it that difficult? The challenge is, is that I happen to have a brother who is the dentist and and he pointed out to us that most natural toothpastes are actually about as effective as water, which might come as a surprise to some people. It certainly did to me. Um, the challenge is, is that natural toothpaste typically take out the fluoride and they don't replace it with anything that actually has the same sort of efficacy in terms of protecting your enamel. And uh, that's really what got us started. And we sort of went down this, this rabbit hole and said, how do we solve this problem, which is creating a product that works just as well as conventional toothpaste, um, something that dentists can really recommend, but is also truly safe enough to eat. Um, because as uh, some people might know, your, your gums are actually not only very sensitive, but highly absorbent. And so our philosophy was that uh, whatever you put in your mouth, it's there's food um, and then there's your oral care products. And because your gums are so absorbent, it really matters what you're using. Um, so we wanted to create something that was safe enough to eat. Um, and that, that was the challenge for us. And so we actually early on put together a scientific council with some of the leading dentists and doctors, and including a functional medicine doctor, Robin Burzen, um, and then uh, my brother, the dentist, and also a handful of other dentists as well, and really set out to solve this problem. Um, so that's that's what got us started. Um, but John, anything that you want to add on your side? I think, uh, you know, toothpaste was just a very interesting product when we um, really thought about it. I mean, you use it twice a day, more than any other personal care product that you use. And as Corey said, it goes in your mouth and everything you put in your mouth is absorbed just straight to your bloodstream. Um, and it's also a product that a lot of people don't really think about. I mean, you, a lot of people know every ingredient in their skincare products and in their deodorants. That's a big one recently. But, you know, they, they don't know that there's a lot of industrial chemicals and, and potentially harmful chemicals in their toothpaste. And then when you really think about it, because it's so highly absorbent, uh, absorbed into your body and because you use it more than any other product, it's really the, the, the single easiest change you can make to reduce your exposure to, to overall to toxins and just lower um, your overall toxin exposure. Um, so 
um, it was a really interesting product that we thought that people really aren't aren't uh, paying attention to, and it was a great opportunity to really make a difference in a lot of people's lives. And also, I would add that if if anyone has tried to make the switch um, sometime to natural and better for you products, there there's always that. Uh, there's a change that happens both in they're very different to use typically than regular products in some cases. And, and also uh, in many cases, they happen to be not really as effective um, as regular products. I mean, a deodorant's a perfect example because you use deodorant and there is no natural deodorant, at least that I'm aware of, that actually stops perspiration. I mean, I've feel like I've tried them all. They will make you smell better um, and maybe some of them reduce perspiration, but it's not going away. Um, so a lot of times you have to sacrifice the efficacy um, for a product that has less harmful ingredients. Um, and this was one too, where when we tried all of the different natural toothpaste on the market, they either were, you know, had flowers or were so crunchy that to get my husband to use them, it would never have happened. Um, or were, I mean, in some cases were, were actually mud that you had to put in your mouth and you're like, I don't want to have mud all over my, my sink and, and bathroom counter. Um, so it wasn't really the best user experience. Um, so that was something we wanted to solve as well. And at the same time, I think, uh, you know, Corey, to your point, if your deodorant doesn't work, there's not that big of an impact. I mean, maybe you smell for a few days and you move on and you try another deodorant, but if your toothpaste doesn't work, I mean, you don't find out for six months and it's really damaging uh, your, your enamel. Um, and there are a lot of really damaging toothpaste out there, like these whitening toothpaste that can really just scrub off all your enamel. And of course, if you scrub off a layer of enamel, your toothpaste or your teeth are going to get white. But um, it's overall doing a, a lot of damage. And a lot of dentists are seeing the, the results of it where people come in and their enamel is so thin that you can almost see straight through it. Um, so you, it's, it's really, there's a lot of bad products out there and there's a lot of education that needs to be done. Yeah. Okay. Well, two things right off the bat. One, first of all, I'm so impressed that your doctor talked to you about nutrition and toxic products because that is pretty unheard of unless you're seeing an integrative doctor. So that's awesome. So happy for you. (laughs) And then secondly, one of the key things you point out is, yeah, we don't look at toothpaste the same as we look at Skincare. I think we're all pretty educated now that people understand the skin is the largest organ in the body. It's very absorbent. But what many people don't realize is the mouth can absorb things directly into the bloodstream. Mm-hmm. You know, we think about there's like vitamin B12 liquid supplements that you put under your tongue. Well, why? Because it's going straight into the bloodstream. There's a higher efficacy when you use it that way. And so it's that exact same thing. I know, especially with fluoride, people think, well, I'm not consuming it, so it's not harming me. And that's the whole big thing. But it is getting into your bloodstream, actually, even more so probably than if you were to swallow it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar, familiar with sublingual medications. Um, and it's actually, you know, something if you, heaven forbid, you go to the hospital and something bad happens to you, if they can't get an IV into you, they're probably putting medication under your tongue um, because it really is sort of this this quick gateway into your body. And, and there is this big misconception that, oh, well, I don't swallow my toothpaste, so why does it matter? Well, you know, anything that if, if you're putting it in your mouth, unfortunately, it's it's getting absorbed by your body and, and not 100% of it, but a large percentage of it. And so it really does matter. I mean, you almost have to treat the oral care kind of category um, equal to food, which I think there's very few companies that think of it that way. For just for the person who may be listening to this, who 
doesn't have any idea why fluoride might be bad for them. Can you just touch on a couple of the harmful effects of it? What I would say is that first off, um, we are not anti-fluoride. I think that we are a science-driven company. Uh, Fluoride has been around for a long time. Um, Why did I want to avoid it when I was going through IVF and pregnant? Um, For obvious reasons, Um, it has been shown to, if you look at populational studies, um, there's actually uh, been shown to have lower IQs in uh, fluoride populations. Um, And so as somebody who was hopefully going to be having a baby, um, which I did, and he's now two years old, um, fluoride was something that, you know, being pregnant or potentially getting pregnant was something that I, I did want to avoid. And I think that that's, that's advice that's sort of shared by, um, you know, m- most in the, the doctor community, I mean, not everyone. Uh, and the, you know, when we set out to start this company and try to solve this problem of how do we create a product that actually works, but is truly safe enough to eat, um, for us, um, that's when we stumbled upon our key ingredient, hydroxyapatite, that is actually completely safe. It's actually 97% of what makes up your teeth enamel. Um, you know, for, um, fluoride is actually a fertilizer byproduct. Um, and what does that mean? It means that it's actually a waste that they don't want to leach into the ground because it can cause bad things. And so they have to dispose of it somehow. Um, and in the fifties, they came up with a really great idea to put it into toothpaste. Um, it's actually been shown to be really effective at strengthening your enamel, um, which is the good news. And that's why we had a really big challenge when we started the company, which was we have to create something that really works, but again, it has to meet that threshold of being safe enough to eat because that's, that's our philosophy. Um, we were able to solve that with the hydroxyapatite, which we'll get into later because that's its own discussion. Um, but for us, it was really about, it's not being anti-fluoride. I mean, I think for some people, if you have really serious teeth issues, topically, it's I mean, it's been clearly shown to have benefits, but if there's something that works just as well without any safety issues, then why not use that? Um, and so really that's where we shake out on this. But um, I think the some of the IQ populational studies are enough to show you that there, um, there's reason to be cautious. Um, a lot of people are drinking water with plenty of fluoride. There's limited evidence that it actually does anything in water. Um, so if you're drinking a lot of water and, and using a lot of toothpaste, um, that's something that I would avoid. Um, I don't think there's any reason to go overboard on it. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's hard when you are one of the major toothpaste companies and you spend very little on the ingredients in your toothpaste. It's uh, when you get something that's a fertilizer byproduct um, practically for free, it's given away almost because, you know, they need to get rid of it. Um, it's it's hard to justify spending the money on, on high quality ingredients, which is why most toothpaste that exists today, sadly, have not the best ingredients. It's not because that's in the best interest of, of people or it's the best you know thing for your teeth. It's happens to be the cheapest. Um, and so that's why there are a lot of the unnecessary ingredients in toothpaste like propylene glycol, which is another one, uh, which is one of the key ingredients in antifreeze um, that might surprise people that why is that in toothpaste? Again, your gums are really absorbent. Why do you need to put this ingredient in toothpaste? Um, You don't, but it's very inexpensive. Um, And so, you know, if, if your choice is fluoride or nothing, and you have serious teeth issues, I would say topically, 
use fluoride. Um, you know, really, you know, diet's an important part too of overall oral health. Um, and we can get into that as well. Um, but if you have a choice between fluoride and hydroxyapatite, for instance, um, and when studies have shown where there's a very similar efficacy level, for us, it was sort of a no brainer to use something that is safe for the entire family for kids. For adults, um, our now two-year-old, he sometimes eats the whole tube of toothpaste. Obviously, that's not what I'm encouraging him to do. Um, but if you have a two-year-old, you know they don't spit. Uh, and so if you're giving them toothpaste, they're probably swallowing it. Um, but we don't have to worry about that. I mean, he can he can literally eat the whole tube of toothpaste and nothing bad will happen. So that's our philosophy on it. Um, it's somewhat different, I think, than, than some companies who take a really um, strict view on it. Um, but for us, it's about creating something that's safe enough for the for the whole family but we have to create something that works because we have dentists behind us we're in over 200 dental offices and like john said unfortunately it's not a category where you can give your patients something and if it doesn't work their teeth fall out as a dentist you you don't want that to happen so you really need products that actually work um, and help protect your patient's teeth yeah it wasn't so much the fluoride when we were um getting into this, I mean, fluoride is a known endocrine disruptor, um, which, uh, you know, we, we obviously wanted to avoid when trying to become pregnant, but um, there's there's a lot of industrial chemicals in, in toothpaste. Corey mentioned the propylene glycol. There's also something called sodium lauryl sulfate or SLS, um, which is basically an industrial strength detergent. It's uh, in its pure form, it's an engine degreaser, and it's in almost every single toothpaste. And it all, all, all it does is make the toothpaste foam, which your toothpaste doesn't need to foam. It actually doesn't make it work any better. It just makes you think that it's working. It has a lot of uh, very, very bad um, side effects. It can cause, it actually causes canker sores. It causes uh, sloughing of the skin on your mouth. It can cause dermatitis and for no reason. It causes dry mouth for no reason. And it's in there just to make you think it's working. Um, there's also triclosan is left in a lot of toothpastes which is a huge shock. I was taken out of hand soap because of cancer and lab rats. And then just artificial flavors, a lot of petroleum byproducts. It's basically just made with the, the cheapest ingredients uh, you can put together. Um, not to mention what's in you know mouthwash and, and a lot of dental floss, but just in toothpaste, it's pretty shocking. Yeah, actually, can you touch on ingredients in mouthwash and dental floss before your products? I didn't use mouthwash at all. Yeah, it's. I mean, it is. Um, it is scary because you look at some of the. I won't name any names, but I'm sure most people know of the burning sensation mouthwash that's either bright uh, green or bright blue, and it's not naturally bright green or bright, bright blue. I'll tell you that. Um, but it also burns um, because of the alcohol, and so you know. The, the colors is one thing. Um, and that's something for all of our products, we steer clear, no artificial colors, no artificial flavors. Those are things we're very strict about because those tend to be these sort of really opaque problem areas in the industry. Um, but on the alcohol side, uh, the, the reason that alcohol is in conventional mouthwash is that the whole philosophy is, well, you want to kill all the bacteria in your mouth, which seems to make sense. But when you think about it, your body actually has good bacteria and it has bad bacteria. Not all bacteria is bad. Um, and you know this can get into the whole discussion around the gut microbiome. It doesn't just start in your stomach. It starts in your mouth. And so if you take the philosophy that we want to take a scorched earth approach and put alcohol in mouthwash and kill every single living organism in your mouth, 
Um, unfortunately, that means that none of the good bacteria is going to make it into your stomach. And so good luck trying to have a very healthy uh, you know, ecosystem from a gut microbiome perspective. And so um, for us, we are, are very strict in avoiding alcohol. I think that's a big one. You know, if I'd say to anybody using mouthwash with alcohol, like avoid it. You don't want to kill the good, good bacteria because the good bacteria is actually um, helpful, not just for your gut microbiome, but also for health in your mouth as well, because the, the good bacteria, you want that in your mouth, the bad stuff is actually what leads to cavities. And so we do want to specifically target that, but there are other ways to do that than taking the scorch earth approach. Um, so that's the big one on the mouthwash side, but I would say um, the, the scary one on floss, which um, some people are aware of, but not many is that um, most uh, conventional floss, uh, if, if it glides between your teeth, no, no pun intended with some of the brands out there, but um, it actually is coated with Teflon. Um, so crazy enough, Teflon, just like in the triclosan example that John was talking about, triclosan is found um, still in conventional toothpaste. It's an antibacterial um, ingredient, um, and it has been shown to cause cancer in lab rats. And so luckily, the FDA said, let's take this out of hand soap. For some reason, they said it's OK to keep it in toothpaste. Why that would be? I can't really explain that. Somebody will also have to do that for me. <laughs> Um, but on the Teflon side, the FDA took out Teflon in pans years ago for safety concerns, but we are still seeing it um, in most floss that is on the market today uh, with people putting it in, again, this really sensitive area in your teeth, right in your gums. It's being wedged in there one or two times a day. Um, and so that's something that we steer very far from, um, because if there's concerns for pans, there are concerns for your mouth. <laughs> so that's something that we avoid. Um, and our um, floss also sort of has the added kicker of um, incorporating the hydroxy appetite in it as well, which um, is a, an added benefit because most cavities actually start in the cracks of your teeth. Um, but for both floss and mouthwash, um, they're generally chock full of artificial colors, um, flavors, sugars, um, all of that stuff, which we we stay very far away from. I'd also add that there's uh, parabens found in mouthwash, uh, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, well, it is so interesting because, you know, I've written a whole article on 17 ingredients in skincare to avoid at all costs. And all of those ingredients are on there, minus the Teflon. That was a new one that I can't even believe is happening. But it's so interesting because I feel like there's a whole new wave of people that are really educated on these are ingredients in skincare that we need to be avoiding. And I just, I haven't even heard these things discussed in the oral care. Yeah. And, and, and it really is. And not to um, diminish the importance of using better for you skincare products, because I, I certainly do. I mean, I'm sort of a, um, on the crazy spectrum, but you know, I even make our own household products and cleaning products and whatnot, but um, your skin is actually a decent barrier. Um, and it's not to say that it doesn't absorb things. It absolutely does. Um, but when you think about sort of absorbency versus your mouth, you really should think of it as like sort of a, 
a, a semi water repellent jacket, right? I mean, that's sort of how your skin is. For the most part, things are reflecting off of it and not kind of getting inside of you. Your mouth is is literally like a sponge. And so it's taking everything and it's soaking it in. And yes, you still have some residue on the outside of the sponge, but your body is sort of that inside of the sponge. And most of it is getting sucked up, sucked up and going in there. Um, and so it's it you really have to think of oral care products, whether it's mouthwash, floss, toothpaste, um, as equivalent to food. I mean, you wouldn't eat um, Teflon, uh, but we're putting it in our mouth when we use a floss that's gliding between our teeth. Um, and so that's why we're, we take an almost obsessive approach to ingredients, because if you think of it like food, unfortunately, that means you're not going to put in antifreeze, you're not going to put in harsh detergents um, or Teflon or other things that could be potentially harmful. So I think we've really clearly covered Risewell products don't have any of that. As you said a couple times, it's completely safe to eat, although we're not going to, but if you happen to, you're completely fine. But I think the key thing that really differentiates you guys from the rest of the products out there, the natural oral care products is the hydroxy appetite. So let's dive into that and give us the whole, you know, all the research behind that and just what makes this ingredient so potent. Yeah, sure. So Hydroxy appetite, as you mentioned, it's a horrible sounding name, uh, but it's actually what comprises 97% of your enamel and 60% of your bones is made of this stuff. It's what makes your enamel the hardest structure in the body, and it's what gives your bones the rigidity as well. So you have pounds of this stuff in your body already. It was actually invented by NASA back uh, in the mid-1970s. So astronauts, for whatever reason, were coming back from space and their enamel's thinning. And NASA figured out that if you put tiny little bits of this hydroxyapatite uh, in toothpaste, that it actually sticks to the enamel because your enamel is a crystal. So it sticks to sort of the rough edges in the enamel and helps build thicker enamel. Uh, From there, Japan, of all places, uh, took this ingredient over and it's been over half the market in Japan ever since. So it's been used by tens of millions of people for the last 45 years and there's tons of clinical data supporting its, its use. Um, Japan is a very scientific com- country, and they there's hundreds of studies if you go look, uh, comparing it to fluoride and also just showing its efficacy in, in repairing and rebuilding enamel. And for whatever reason, it wasn't being used here. And I think Corey touched on it earlier, but the reason that it's really not being used is it's a very expensive ingredient. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's not an industrial byproduct. Uh, I think that just the hydroxyapatite cost alone in our toothpaste costs multiples of what an entire tube of toothpaste for oh, some wow. of our competitors costs. So when we found this ingredient, it wasn't being used here. It's half the market in Japan. It's actually in a lot of other places. It's starting to be used in, in Europe. It's uh, about 30% of the market in Germany. Uh, just showed up there in the last five years, and it's being used in Canada as well. Um, but for whatever reason, wasn't being used here, and so we decided to bring it home. Yeah, yeah. Well, we know that cost is much more important than what's actually beneficial or healthy. Yeah, yeah. The shocker that we found out is um, a tube of, I won't mention any names, but it starts with C, costs about 13 cents to manufacture. Mm -hmm. And that includes what's in the tube, the tube, and the box. So when you think about what that means for the ingredients inside, Unfortunately, you can't really afford to uh, use the most high quality ingredients if your ingredients alone cost, say, seven cents. Um, So you sort of deprioritize what's in the best interest of 
the person and the teeth and those things and go for um, something that's extremely high margin. And what I love is this is the ingredient, the hydroxyapatite is in your toothpaste, your mouthwash and your floss, which is super neat. Well, I will. Um, so the mouthwash actually doesn't have the hydroxyapatite. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. The toothpaste and the floss does there. And the reason for that is that, um, it's actually, so we also probably went a little bit too far on the, like being obsessed with ingredients. Um, so there's two forms of hydroxyapatite. There um, is one that's chemically manufactured. Um, and again, still much better option than fluoride, but, uh, it's essentially made in a vat in a, in a lab someplace. Uh, and then there's, uh, nor, uh, natural hydroxyapatite, which is actually, um, comes from a mine in France. Um, and it's sort of a white powdery substance. Um, and so we decided to use the natural version of it again, bit more expensive than the chemically derived one, but we as as close to nature as you can get in our mind is always sort of the better option if you have it. Um, and so that's what we use. Unfortunately, it's a bit heavier than the chemically um, derived one, which means that if we put in mouthwash, it would actually sink to the oh, bottom. Okay. Yeah. Um, so people would have to shake it up. And so um, it doesn't have it, but I mean, using it in the toothpaste, the, the mouthwash actually has a lot of xylitol in it, which when we were talking about the gut microbiome, the, um, the nice thing about avoiding alcohol and using something like xylitol instead is that we're not killing everything in the mouth. We're actually specifically targeting just the bad bacteria. And xylitol is really interesting because a lot of people think, well, xylitol, that's not very natural. Well, you know, actually it is. Um, so ours is from a, a corn derived xylitol. And it's, it, think of it essentially as a, a, a sugar that is um, it's not actually a sugar, but it tricks the bad bacteria into thinking it's sugar. And so they're floating around in your mouth and they see this and they go to eat it thinking that it's sugar. And lo and behold, it actually kills the bad bacteria. Um, it only does that with the bad bacteria. So it is, it's very targeted. Um, and so again, we're not killing the good stuff because we want that. We want lots of good bacteria in your mouth because that's starting the gateway into your stomach, which is creating a healthy gut microbiome. Um, so it's more targeted. Um, but it, all of our products actually have a lot of the, the xylitol in it as well. And so that's sort of another surprise kicker benefit for, uh, for people using our products. Mm, yeah, I've never heard xylitol explained like that, because I think we think of it as a natural sweetener. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's definitely sweet. It also uh, nicely makes our toothpaste that, I mean, part of the sweetness, part of it is coming from that as well. Um, but they really, I mean, I'm sure some people are familiar with xylitol gum, gums or mints sort of on the markets. And that's actually why they're in there. I mean, beyond just the sweetness part of it, there is a benefit to it from um, an oral health perspective, but it's, it's really nice to be able to you do want to kill the bad bacteria because the bad bacteria can lead to things like cavities or gingivitis or other things. Um, and so avoiding that is good. Um, but harvesting and protecting the good bacteria is something that we really care about too, because not only is, you know, your mouth a gateway for if you're, you know, eating lots of bad foods, it's, that's affecting your overall health. Um, but really health starts in your, in really in your mouth for so many parts of your body. Um, and it matters what you're eating and it matters what oral care products you're using. And I think what's also really unique about Risewell that again, differentiates it from other natural oral care products is maybe the not the other natural ones don't have any of these bad ingredients and maybe they do clean the mouth mm -hmm. but i don't believe there's a lot of ones that have an ingredient that's actively helping rebuild enamel 
Yeah, it's not, um, you know, it's, it's surprising because a lot of, um, the, I think that we came at it from a much different angle than other companies did. I think for a lot of natural toothpaste companies still have that same philosophy, which is that it's really just about cleaner, better for your products. Uh, For us, we came at it from really almost with our dentist hat on. I mean, John and I are not dentists, but my brother is. um, And John's actually an engineer by background and both of his parents are doctors. And so he very much comes from that angle as well. Uh, And we, we created the scientific council in the beginning. And so for us, it was the clean part of it was really important, but the efficacy Um, part of it was also really important because there's a reason why most people are going to the dentist and they walk away with a little goodie bag of conventional toothpaste because, you know, unfortunately dentists haven't had this option until now, which is something that, you know, works as well as conventional toothpaste, um, but is truly safe enough to eat. And so that's why, you know, in order to get sort of the backing of dentists, you have to come at it with a sort of almost science first priority Um, Otherwise, you lose sight of um, kind of making sure that you're giving people something that's not only cleaner, but also does something. Yeah. So I want to touch on a little bit more so people really grasp this. How many dentists do you guys have now who are using your product? So we have um, a network of um, about over 200 dental offices that have our products. Um, And it's actually it's it's really exciting because we didn't start that way when we launched our our company last year it was sort of you know really just direct to consumer for the most part and uh, we started getting a lot of inbounds from dentists who were on more of the innovative spectrum and and thought more holistically or just more about kind of the whole connection between um, oral products and and oral and overall health uh, and they were looking for products that were, better. And what I mean by that is, you know, had cleaner ingredients, something that they would actually use, um, you know, both themselves and their families when they went home. Um, And so they were really excited to find something that was really, again, science backed, because that's so much a part of our DNA. We've got so many science nerds at the companies besides myself um, that uh, kind of were behind this. And um, it's, it's been really exciting to see sort of the feedback and uptake from the dental community. Um, And so they are selling our products and and recommending um, our products as well, which is really exciting. Um, And it's been um, definitely a a surprise for us from our perspective, but it's, I think it, it goes a long way because we're very much a family business. We don't have billions of dollars behind us. And um, to help get the word out there, I think when people get a recommendation from their dentist, it actually, it really means a lot. Um, and they know their dentists have done research um, and that they are behind it. And so it, it goes a long way for us and and helping to get the word out there um, and getting the buy-in from the dental community. Yeah, I love that. So Mm -hmm. I work part time at a cancer clinic, an integrative cancer Mm -hmm. clinic, and they stock many different products along with their own. It's um, founded by Dr. Lear and Keneally, but Mm -hmm. Earth Paste is one of the ones that they sell there. Mm -hmm. But I'm actually so excited to introduce RiseWell to her and see if it was something that she would want to sell because, you know, all of us need to be consuming, using non-toxic products, but especially with cancer patients, it's just Mm -hmm. a whole different ballgame. And so she will only accept the cleanest products out there. Mm -hmm. But it's the same thing. It's like 
it can be clean and effective. And so, yeah, I, I had to throw that in there because I'm so excited to show it to her. Yeah, that was uh, actually something that was very surprising for us was that um, we got a number of inbounds from doctors, cancer doctors who uh, had a lot of chemotherapy patients and very clean products are very important for when the body is getting attacked with chemotherapy, especially avoiding any harsh chemicals like we mentioned before, SLS. Um, but uh, shockingly, a lot of these quote unquote clean toothpaste will replace SLS, uh, which is sodium lauryl sulfate with something that's basically identical, a sodium lauryl sarconosate or mm -hmm. some other, uh, you know, uh, imposter that's, that's basically another detergent. And so if your toothpaste foams, that means it has a detergent. That's something you basically want to avoid. If it foams, you know, there's something in there that, that is a detergent, especially for cancer patients. You do need to be very careful of the products that you're using. And also our mouthwash, another issue with uh, chemotherapy, I think is, is a dry mouth. And mm -hmm. our mouthwash with the xylitol is really good for that. It was actually featured at a dental, dental conference. The technical term for that is xerostomia, um, which basically just means dry, dry mouth. But it's very good for you know, people on medications that cause dry mouth or, as you mentioned, cancer patients. Well, so to close it out, I always love to ask the guests if they have any recommendations for people who are looking to just learn more, dive into the research a bit more. If you have any recommendations for books or websites, maybe with this, there's not a lot of books out there on oral health. But if you have any anything that you would suggest, a place I to start. I would recommend, I'd recommend the best place to start is uh, you can always go to our website, risewell.com. But I would encourage everyone, do your own research. Just Google hydroxyapatite, start Googling some of the ingredients in your toothpaste and uh, see what you find. Um, you know, don't take our word for it. There's tons of research out there, and uh, we think you'll you'll agree with us when you when you do do your research. And also, um, you can also just email hi at risewell.com, uh, either myself or um, our Alyssa, our head of research, uh, will read uh, any questions you have. And um, we're always answering. We're a very small company, so it's just really the 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 four of us: uh, me, Corey her brother, Derek, who's the dentist, and Alyssa. So you'll get one of us and we'll always reply. Mm. Oh, I love that. And I do want to point out the blog you have. I'm a sucker for a really great science-based blog. And so I actually am so excited to go through it more in depth and read some of the articles you guys have on there. Yeah, absolutely. That's something we just recently launched and it's all written by uh, dentists or, or uh, doctors. So um, this is, it's not us as, you know, as, as the company it's written by either Derek who, yes, he's a member of the company, but he's a, he's a dentist and, um, or, or a lot of our dentists who are either in our network or on our scientific council. That's so great. Well, John and Corey, thank you so much for coming on the Crescent podcast. I'm so excited to be able to finally share this with everyone that I've been raving about your products with. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. 